0: This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR, sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan.
1: Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for listening. Arthur Ashe came close to Winston Churchill when he said, from what we get, we can make a living, and what we give... However, that makes a life. Here's what I've learned. Not everything that comes to me is for me. Sometimes the blessing, the raise, the bonus, the extra that I wasn't expecting really isn't meant for me. It's intended to pass through me. Years ago, I was speaking and raising funds for a school that I was building in the islands of Lake Victoria, it was a woman's business luncheon, and as I talked, this woman kept shaking her head, no, in the negative, no. That's a little bit disconcerting as a speaker, and I thought, man, what did I say to make her so angry or uh, so upset? But, so I finished my talk, and not long after the meeting concluded, here she came up to me and reached into her purse, pulled out a check, and started to hand it to me. Here, she said, just take it. She was like mad. So I reached out to take it, and she snatched it back and said, do you know what happens every time I get a little money saved? I said, no, ma'am, I don't. She said, well, I'm going to tell you. As she waved that check in front of me, every time I get a little money saved up, in this case, to fix my fireplace. Here comes one of you people trying to make a difference in the world, and I sit there listening to you, and I know the money I save for my fireplace isn't really for my fireplace anymore, and never really was. So here, take it and go build your school for those kids. And she shoved the check into my hand, stormed off muttering to herself, and I was going to share with her about being a cheerful giver, but I really thought better of it in that moment. So not everything that comes to me is for me. Sometimes I'm only the conduit through which it passes. We're going to be right back with Jerry Brisson, who's probably forgot more about charitable giving than anyone else I've ever met in my life. And our guest, Brian Peters of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association, the title sponsor for the Michigan Harvest Gathering and why they give to this work. Come back and be with us. We'll be right here. Welcome back everyone, Brian Peters, CEO of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association and uh, the Michigan Health and Hospital Association being the title sponsor for the Michigan Harvest Gathering and we had a great event recently and Brian it was super fun to have you there and welcome back to Food First Michigan. Thank you
0: so much, always a pleasure and indeed it was a wonderful day to celebrate another successful Michigan Harvest Gathering, no question about it.
1: So 32 years strong, of course, uh, long-time listeners to the podcast and followers of the Food Bank Council will know that this event was started 32 years ago by Bill and Cynthia Schutte. As uh, Bill came home, realizing there was a problem with uh, people having access to healthy and nutritious food. And of course, it was his wife, Cynthia, that helped him solve it. And um, it was kind of fun at the event to have the newly elected Representative Bill G. Schutte there to present the award that is named after Bill and Cynthia. And this year that award went to Carolyn Bloodworth and Consumers Energy. But it was kind of fun to hear the the son of Bill and Cynthia tell the story. Uh, in fact, I think he probably tells it a little better than Bill does.
0: Well, it was uh, indeed a, a really uh, lovely uh, opportunity for him to, to honor his parents, who, as you said, were really the catalysts uh, for for this wonderful uh, annual tradition. And, you know, as he mentioned at the event uh, yesterday, he was actually not even born uh, when uh, Bill <laughs> Cynthia hatched this idea and, and really uh, pulled uh, a lot of folks together to, to launch this. And uh, really neat to see this come full full circle and to have the longevity that it's had.
1: You know, what was funny, Jerry, uh, at the event is uh, Representative Schutte said, you know, mom and dad, you know, Bill and Cynthia Schutte, who I refer to as mom and dad, uh-huh, right. <laughs> you know, had this great idea before I was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's got a little bit of his of his uh, a little bit of his dad's dry humor there as well. Well, Brian, uh, I know Jerry's got some um, appreciation for you and, and uh, longstanding uh, support of our work and network and particularly that coming through the Michigan harvest gathering.
2: Well, we there's no question that when you look at food insecurity and and the havoc that it wreaks on the reaps that is on the community, that uh, that healthcare has a stake in this. And you have been walking with us on this journey for years now, as uh, certainly a vocal advocate for you know how do we make these systems work better for people, and and you're in a position where you can do that. And you've done it for a long time. So tell us a little bit about what keeps you involved in this?
0: Well, I can tell you very simply, uh, the mission of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association is we advance the health of individuals and communities, period. And this connection that we have with the Food Bank Council of Michigan, with Michigan Harvest Gathering, and with efforts that address food insecurity across the state, it's really a perfect alignment with that uh, mission. And the reality is Uh, In the hospital setting, we treat people every single day from all walks of life, uh, old and young, rich and poor, uh, who uh, unfortunately, uh, in many instances, are suffering because they lack access to fresh, healthy food or or they don't have a a diet that's conducive to uh, having uh, good, healthful outcomes. And so, you know, we've really seen, particularly with disadvantaged populations, that, that really, um, lack this sort of access, um, you know. Uh, this is uh, this is the reality. Food is medicine, and we have to do a better job of of understanding that and, and putting healthy food in the hands of of all Michiganders. And we're delighted to play a role in that. As you said, the Michigan Health and Hospital Association has really been on this journey uh, with you for uh, for now decades, and you can count on our support going forward because of that tie with our mission.
2: Well thanks again that's uh, it means a lot to us because it's it's you know the people walking with us that that keep making a difference that allow us to continue to advance our understanding and then advance the work and of course there's a lot of conversation going on right now about health equity right why do some people have lower health scores or or outcomes than others and and when you start you know really unpacking that you really do see some marked differences uh, in certainly uh socioeconomic you know layers but also in racial layers right and so and so i think that one of the things we've learned in food making is that people actually will and want to eat healthier food um so access is a big deal uh but but it also has to be you know, food people want and need, too, right? It's a balancing act always of of bringing people along, meeting people where they are. When I think about the last four or five years of of continuing to advance this conversation, um, certainly health equity is one of the things that comes up. What about you? You know, in your experience as you've continued to walk on this journey, how do you see the conversation changing?
0: Well, you're exactly correct. In fact, uh, just a couple of years ago, Uh, really in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, our MHA Board of Trustees uh, unanimously adopted a pledge which subsequently has been adopted by every hospital and health system throughout the entire state of Michigan, I'm very proud to say, and that pledge is a commitment to do our part to address both racism but also implicit bias that exists within the healthcare delivery system and we have made progress. Uh, we have uh, the majority of our hospitals and health systems now that have uh, completed what's called a health equity organizational assessment, which identifies gaps. And as you yeah. a- accurately uh, indicated, uh, this is an opportunity uh, for dramatic improvement. We know that there are certain segments of our population for years who have lacked access to transportation, which is important for uh, getting uh, from point A to point B in terms of follow-up appointments and and access to care. We know that some of those folks lack access to good housing. They lack access to the electricity that's important to refrigerate a medication that must remain refrigerated, even something as straightforward as that. And then last but certainly not least, what, what really ties all this together is that lack of access to fresh and healthy food in adequate amounts. And that's really where this uh, this connection with health equity comes into play. We, we, I believe, are on this journey, as you said, uh, to much, much better outcomes. Uh, health equity is on the tip of everyone's tongue these days. And I'm proud to say there's actually action that's coming along with that. And uh, it's really, really uh, exciting for me to see.
1: Brian, um- we had a guest not long ago that was talking about very similar topics that you're sharing here very eloquently, I might add. That, um, and, and her name was Amy McReynolds. She's a, she's a senior leader over at Feeding America, based out of our national organization, based out of Chicago. And uh, Amy said this phrase: She said, Don't talk about it, be about it. And, right. you know, I think I think you and your group, listening to you share all, everything right there in, in that segment, you're not just talking about it, you're being about it.
0: Well, and, and this is really a place where we can be about it. And as you know, uh, we have had a, a number of hospitals that have actually gone down the path of growing their own food. They have greenhouses. There. Mm-hmm. They're committed to working with local farmers so they can uh, source uh, their food locally. Remember that hospitals in any community in Michigan are among the largest single uh, providers of food because of their cafeteria, because of their patient room delivery, because of you know the the, uh, the fact that they're open 24-7, 365. Uh, and so we have a real stake in the ground. In addition to all of the important uh, issues we, we've talked about, remember that hospitals are among the largest employers in the state, and they are employers that uh, serve an awful lot of meals to patients, to employees, to visitors and family members, and so, you know, we really have an opportunity to lead by example and uh, actions, not words. I'm very proud of the actions that we've taken. Harvest gathering is just one of those that we're we're very proud of.
1: Well, we're we're proud that you're our partner and our title sponsor for that event. It has a a great history, long long tradition, and is still having impact today and uh to know that that's kind of like uh just one of the things that you guys are 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 so active in in this space and uh it's just exciting and we're much appreciative but we want to bring you back for another segment we want to talk a little bit about what we we shared a little bit about yesterday coming out of the white house conference and something that i know is is very important to you and that is food as medicine or food is medicine And uh, this is Brian Peters. He's the CEO for the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. That's the very uh, good-looking Jerry Brisson sitting over across from me. I'm Dr. Phil Knight, and the three of us are back with you in just a moment.
0: Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org.
1: Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, to everyone. Thanks for being with us. Brian Peters, the CEO for the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. Uh, I would say our friend and colleague as well. And, uh, you know, on a previous show, Jerry, do you remember uh, Brian shared a little bit about his background and where he came from and what he was doing before he became the CEO at MHA?
2: There was some fishing involved, I-, I know for sure.
0: And well that's uh, that's correct I, unfortunately uh you know i haven't been able to uh, to wet a line uh, much <laughs> in uh, in recent months or years if i'm being perfectly honest but uh, every chance i get
1: yeah well it was a great story and you know a completely logical segue from where you were to where you're at um and we love that story <laughs> we love that story that's it it's a bit non-traditional. No I, 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 that's, that's, that's a great way to say it. Hey, in this event, some of my team members, they're working with some of your team. And it's about this concept that we, we say quite a bit, but maybe we can unpack it for our listeners today, that, that food is medicine. And, um, you know, I was privileged to be able to attend the White House conference um, recently on health, on hunger, nutrition and health. And um, it, it was a powerful meeting powerful meaning first one of its kind in over 50 years and one of the things that was was front and foremost was this concept of food as medicine and that's you know helping people who are screened certainly for food insecurity that don't have access to the food they want and need and and how are we able to get that and what's the impact it has particularly on chronic disease i know again this is a value for you guys you're not just talking about it you're you're, again, you're being about it. So unpack that a little bit for us, if you would.
0: Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, your listeners uh, may not know that uh, Hippocrates, uh, obviously the, uh, the physician behind the, uh, the well-known Hippocratic Oath, uh, way back in uh, 440 B.C., uh, said, let food be thy medicine, and let thy medicine be food. And so that is the origin Of this food is medicine concept so it's been around for a while right and the reality is it's been around for a while because uh, it is so true and it's never been more important than it is today Um, even though we have developed uh, a a number of prescription drug regimens we have high technology that can treat people in in a hospital setting but the reality is the way to maintain health and balance and hopefully avoid an unnecessary trip to the hospital altogether, uh, is to eat fresh, healthy food as much as you possibly can, to, to have a, a diet that's conducive to good health outcomes. And we know uh, in the, uh, the healthcare domain, when we discharge a patient, uh, we can track something called 30-day readmission rates. So within that 30-day window post-hospital discharge, how many of our patients are actually being readmitted for a health related concern? And we can really dig into the, uh, the, the reason why. And unfortunately, the reason why often has an awful lot to do with lack of access to, to fresh, healthy food. And so when we connect our patients in the hospital setting with a uh, nutritionist, uh, with a clinician who is trained in, in this uh, space, who can really help to, uh, to prescribe to them, just as a doctor would prescribe you a medication. Here are the, the very specific foods that you need to consume that will help address the issues uh, that you're dealing with. And then not only stop there, but to actually say, we're gonna help you identify the sources of that food, because it doesn't help, just like it doesn't help to to give someone a prescription for a drug that they have no way to access and pay for, it doesn't help to give someone a prescription for food without also helping them identify where they can acquire that food. And so we're trying to do both of those things uh, in in, in unison, and I think the opportunity for for better outcomes is absolutely uh, exciting.
2: You know, I I I love everything you're saying. I think it I think it's been our experience as as we've worked with people in the community around these issues that in fact it does help people. We've done a couple pretty big research projects with Henry Ford Health and and several others along the way. Uh, certainly several with the city of Detroit and others. But but uh, and and they all kind of come to the same conclusions that that you just said. You know, it matters if people have nutritious food along with the rest of their treatment plan. You know. Um, they they do better and and they feel better about themselves too. I, I I think one of the things there's so much stigma attached to need, and and one of the things that we've also found in this process is if if you give people access to healthy food because it's good for their health, they're significantly more likely to want to have it than if you're giving it to them because they're needy. You know, it, it's a completely different conversation.
0: Uh, absolutely, uh, that that's. correct. And, you know, I I think it really does uh, link back with our efforts around health equity and making sure that uh, we're communicating in the right way with all uh, 10 million Michiganders, whatever their circumstance might be. And in some cases, tailoring that message and tailoring the follow-up to make sure that um, they are doing the right things uh, to make sure that they can do the right things. That they have the support uh, to do the right things, and that includes um, this issue of food insecurity. There's no question about it.
2: I have a a wild hair I want to throw out here because I it's something I've believed for a while, and you're you're such an eloquent spokesperson about this topic. So here it comes. I, I take no responsibility
1: <laughs> for about for what is about to happen. <laughs>
2: I have often thought that if we thought about food as medicine prior to someone having a procedure as opposed to just post and we said you know we have people who are who are going to have procedures we know those procedures are coming how how much better would those procedures go how much more successful would those procedures be if we took Thirty days or or twenty days before that procedure, and said, "Let's make sure you're eating healthy for this twenty day period, and really prepare people physically for this ordeal they're going to go through." I just, I it's it's an idea that I've thought about for a long time. I don't know if you've come across it before, but I'm convinced it would matter.
0: Well, there's no question. Everything you said is spot on, and in fact, uh, when you present at a, a hospital and there is a elective procedure, meaning it's not emergent, we're not going to, uh, to perform that surgery uh, imminently within the, you know the next hour, uh, but something that we're scheduling for uh, a point in the future. Uh, there is uh, no question that increasingly today the clinicians, uh, that medical team is going to include uh, information and guidance about how to eat appropriately, foods to avoid, foods that you want to make sure you're, you're consuming as part of that uh, pre-op strategy. There's no doubt about that. What I think is a, an even larger challenge and one that we are not quite uh, there yet in terms of uh, uh, appropriately addressing is how do we touch uh, all folks uh, in the community before they even present at the hospital at all? Uh, in other words, Uh, How do we embed this in terms of their day-to-day lifestyle? Because uh, if we can do that successfully, uh, we really believe there will be less need for uh, certain procedures, less need for uh, certain uh, uh, interventions that are driving up the cost of health care inappropriately. We think we can avoid hospital emergency department visits uh, by doing a number of things that relate to the social determinants of health and food insecurity is at the very top of that list. So I think you're you're absolutely spot on in this notion that we need to do more uh, before we engage in a, a significant experience in a hospital setting.
1: Well, I would say, Brian, that um, Jerry's is, head is pretty big over here already, but now it's gotten a lot bigger because you agreed with him so emphatically. Now <laughs> I, I'm going to have to tone that down. Uh, so my work's cut out for me, but I would also say that uh, I think Jerry could probably comment on the, the the quote that you opened the segment with about from Hi- Hippocrates, because I, I think you were there, right?
2: <laughs> well, what I remember from that time is there was only food and not a whole heck of a lot of medicine.
1: <laughs> well, that yeah, that's 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 true as well, Brian. Um, I'm going to tell you that the the words you shared today on the show are are very serious and and but they're also full of hope and I, you're an eloquent spokesperson for the Michigan Health and Hospital Association but you're also a pretty eloquent spokesman for our work too so we might be you know trying to send you a contract here uh <laughs> as well because you you nailed it so well today and uh man we thank you for your friendship your partnership all of that from from M- MHA and, and, and we're in this work together and we're gonna get it done.
0: Well, the pleasure is certainly ours and you can count on the support of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association on this wonderful work that uh, you continue to do. So really thank you, uh, appreciate your friendship as well.
1: Great, he's Brian Peters, the CEO for the Michigan Health and Hospital Association and he's been our guest today. Brian, thanks for being back with us. Jerry and I are back in just a moment. Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry, that was Brian Peters, the CEO at the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. And he didn't even, I don't think he even said how much they donated to the Michigan Harvest Gathering this year, but it was $45,000. Normally their their sponsorship is, is less than that. But they really stepped up to the plate this time.
2: Yeah, it's really nice, especially because we've talked several times already about uh, how we're kind of going through a rough time in terms of donated food, particularly from the USDA. So, you know, we we see some light at the end of the tunnel. It looks like some food is coming through, you know, March. Uh, Still, we're we're not quite done uh, with leading up to March yet. And right. so you know, uh, it it certainly helps to have uh, Michigan Health and Hospital Association and others stepping up right now, because we certainly need the food. So so well, I shouldn't say we need the food. That's wrong. People we serve need the food. Right. Right. We we don't hang on to any of this food. It comes and goes. You you know, when you talked about um, what what comes to you isn't for you. That's everything for us. None of what comes to us is for us. No. It's all for the community, and that's a really good perspective to have.
1: Well, it's all for the community, and and then it takes really um, professionals to turn that warehouse over and get that food in and get that food out. Out,
2: yeah, without a doubt, and you know, I have to tell you at least once at the end of this show, uh, you
1: are exactly correct. Just so you don't feel lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and you and Brian Peters were kind of synced together today, and I'm just sitting over here and enjoying the conversation. But that no, both of you, what you're saying is it's it's really talking about a lot of the values, which to us that means the non-negotiables. The things that, that are really some of the drivers of this work that 5, 10, 15, and certainly 20 years ago were not the drivers. Things like, like disparity, things like access um, to to healthcare and to nutritious food and and why we want to try to level this playing field and make sure we get the food to the people who need it and when and where they need it.
2: Yeah, it's it's the we've been talking about and working with uh, healthcare for a long time, uh, and of course the challenges in healthcare are are enormous. They're you know keeping costs down is sometimes just seems like an impossible task because for every thing we figure out we can do better and 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 that can cost less, there's a hundred things in the pipeline which are going to cost more, whether that's a procedure or whether that's a prescription or whether that's a, uh, a device of some kind. And all of these things are important to us, right? All of us want to live a full life. All of us want to live a life where we are as capable as possible to experience the joy of life. And so You know, it's it's it feels sometimes like we're constantly chasing this and never catching it. But but I think one of the things that's that keeps us in this and and that makes us continue to give to this is that we are catching it. We are catching it. We're so much farther now than we were five or 10 years ago in terms of understanding what is it that we have to do to bring to light the, the consequential nature of food is medicine. And work through the system so that we can achieve not only better health outcomes for people, but a better quality of life for the entire community. And that is really what we're talking about. It's all of our quality of life. When you have a huge segment of the population that has health disparities and has to struggle with those things, it doesn't just affect those people that are struggling. It affects us all. It affects the lines we have to stand in to get help ourselves. It affects it affects many, many aspects of our own experience of health care if we don't address easily solvable problems that are affordable as well. So Brian and Michigan Health and Hospital Association has been with us on this journey for a long time. Uh, they, I mean, they are outspoken advocates of, of why we have to continue to address this in spite of what are sometimes enormous financial challenges in healthcare. care.
1: Well, there were some other sponsors too, Jerry, and certainly Michigan Health and Hospital Association kind of setting the pace. But, you know, Carolyn Bloodworth at Consumers Energy, um, they have been with us for the long haul as well. Continue to walk in uh, in the most critical times. I told the story before about Carolyn Bloodworth calling me kind of the day after the pandemic hit and said, hey, Phil, I know you're going to need some food let me get you some money, and Consumers Energy stepped up, and and uh, I think also about um, other donors like um, Greenstone Farm Credit Union. There, they have been awesome as well. Michigan Farm Bureau, uh, Farm Bureau insurance companies, all of those. So they're they're right there with us. Kroger, Meyer, both right there, all sponsors, and um, even our friend Rachel Hurst at at Kroger, Michigan, who you know is I know is moving on to greater responsibility, uh, helped bring a new donation, which we're going to have these folks on the show uh, pretty soon. But but I don't know if you know this, Jerry, but uh, Mondelez, they they they're the makers of Triscuit. And did you know all the wheat that goes to make Triscuit biscuits comes from Michigan? How do you like that? And, I did not know that. Yeah, so they reached out through Rachel and, and Cam and on her team and, and asked us to give them some information. We shared with them our MASS program where we take a, an allocation from the, the state government and we use that to buy Michigan products. We call that program MASS, the Michigan Agricultural Surplus System. And they loved it. And so they stepped up and, and uh, they, they had a, a pretty large amount of money to give. And they were going to try to segment it out. And then when they heard about mass and what we do and how we work with the farmers to to get food and save food from going to the landfill, they gave the entire donation to the Food Bank Council for Michigan Harvest Gathering. And that donation was $150,000.
2: Yeah, that's significant. And just so people know, you know, all of that passes along. All of that passes along to food banks across the state of Michigan so that we can better serve the community. And, and I think it's also important, the Michigan Harvest Gathering is, is the time that we get to highlight the work of the Food Bank Council of Michigan in a really public way. And, and we give out some awards, food bankers give out some awards, and, and the Food Bank Council gives out some awards. But, but we have to be mindful that one of the greatest gifts we have in this state is the staff and team at the Food Bank Council of Michigan. And, and you, Doctor, and your leadership in this work. And and we are so grateful for you. And one of the reasons that so many people step up and do this is the trust and the credibility you have built in this work over many years. And so so we are grateful to you and happy to celebrate all that you and your team have accomplished.
1: Well, thank you. It's Thank you. I mean that. I appreciate it. I have, I do have a really great team and we're getting better, I think. And that's, that, you know, we want to rise to the level of the challenge of need that's across our communities. And I would say, too, that in this Michigan Harvest Gathering, we, gave, we did give several awards, and uh, I get to give out a couple of awards. Um, we call that the Hunger-Free Michigan Award, because that's the goal, right? We want Michigan to be hunger-free, um, I like that word a little bit better than food security, actually. Hunger-free is a pretty cool concept. So in 2021, Jerry, you know, we didn't get to have this event. And the recipient of the 2021 Michigan or the Hunger-Free Award for Michigan was uh, Mr. Lou Rubel, the Deputy Director for Opportunity at the Department of Health and Human Services. So Lou was with us at this event, and it was really fun to celebrate him.
2: Well, it is and oh, you know, boy, talk about people coming along right when you need them. Uh I can't remember exactly what year Lou started, but it was just before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, he has great timing in his uh, you know, in his career climb.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, we we really worked very closely with the state uh and particularly on on a variety of health uh related concerns and and food security connected to all that and lou has has made us better he has made the state better and we're really really impressed and grateful for his contribution to this work
1: well jerry there's one other recipient but i'm going to save that for our last segment and we'll talk about that that award next he's jerry brisson i'm dr phil knight we'll be back to wrap up this show in just a moment Michigan Harvest Gathering, great tradition across the state. It's when Michigan really pulls together to address, through the Food Bank Council, food and funds that we garner, gather, and then pass on to our seven food banks. And then y'all immediately turn that out and pass it on to the community and to the families that are vulnerable and in need of food. It's a beautiful partnership, without a doubt. It's no doubt. So in the last segment, we talked about some of the awardees at this year's event. And uh, one that we didn't get to, but we want to cover it out now, is, is is again, the Hunger-Free Michigan Award. We, we looked at the criteria for giving this award, and one name popped out. And you just couldn't ignore it, couldn't get past it, didn't want to. You know, you want to celebrate what you want and you want to celebrate so people will want to do it more for you and with you, right? And when you think back over the years that we've um, been working since the pandemic started right up until today, but even before the pandemic, there was one person who has been very, very supportive. And she sat right here in this studio before she won the elected office. And that's when she was candidate Gretchen Whitmer. And since she's become Governor Whitmer, she has continued to stand alongside of us
2: and the people we serve and and with a very deep understanding of of the importance of this issue in the community uh convened the first ever food security council uh and and my understanding is you know appointed someone to lead that that's a pretty popular and capable guy. You remember who that was
1: yeah no it was uh it was me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, you know, but to bring voices to the table to really to really say, you know, if you're going to make a difference on this issue, you, you, you've you got to get it in front of you. You've got to look at what the issues are. You've got to look at the various points of view that lots of people have, like any complicated issue. And then you've got to call out what needs to be done. That's usually where things stop. And I think one of the reasons we're so proud of our partnership with the governor is she's taken it to the next level, which is and this is how we're going to fund this this is how we're going to pay for some of this to get done and we're going to take these priorities we're going to take them seriously, we're going to fund them and then we're going to see what happens and good things are happening and so right you are um, she has walked the walk and talked the talk and is very deserving
1: of uh, recognition for that don't just talk about it be Be about about it, it. that's That's right well Jerry, time for a little food for thought Winter has come to Michigan and short food supply in our food bank warehouses, high inflation on food items like eggs and milk, pandemic-era food assistance that is ending, and high, high transportation costs. So, that's our situation. Therefore, we need a bit of your time, talent, and treasure, folks, to come alongside of us. If you can spare time and talent to volunteer at our food banks or any of our 3,000 pantries spread across all of Michigan's 83 counties, I promise you'll be richer for it. And if you can spare a bit of treasure, we can provide essentially six meals for every dollar you donate. And you can do that at feedmichigan.org. And that will help us put and keep food first, folks. Food first.